Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, my name is Anthony Montegi. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by my really great friend, Raymond Castronovo. He is the owner and managing partner of the Zenith Group LLC. Since 1995, that group has done amazing projects. But Raymond's background starts as this young man uh, working with a Sicilian father and Sicilian Mason Masons. I really get to know the industry, their artistry, the mastery of the masonry field uh, is legendary. His work is some of the best work all throughout the five boroughs. Him and his group have done large projects from condominium programs. He's always called upon when it comes to the special masonry work. Raymond's work is legendary. His relationships are the same way. Not just that, he's a very interesting guy, fun to talk to. If you want to get some advice about the business, the industry, where it's going, what's going on, uh, just spend a minute with Raymond. And he'll guide you and uh, has been a great guide for me. With that, let's give a big warm welcome to my friend, Raymond Castronovo. Ray, welcome to the show. As always, I'm excited to have you on the show. I thought before we get started, do me a favor and say your name properly. It's said Raymond Castronovo. Castronovo. It's beautiful. It rolls Castro- off the Castronovo. It, it rolls off the tongue so beautifully. I, I, I feel like uh, our, our pre-calls we've had together, uh, it, it's, uh, we've had a lot of fun. And I think the audience will get to get to know us a little bit more together as a, uh, our conversation. I thought, uh, let's just take a minute and go back a little bit. Because you have, one of the, not just your construction career, you know, you've got a, you've got a music career. I, I can spend some time listening to some of your music, and it's awesome. So uh, maybe go back a little bit and uh, give us some of your background. I was born and raised in the Canarsie section of Brooklyn. My parents, I'm first generation American. My parents came from Sicily. And, you know, how that family-oriented atmosphere was. And it was a hard-working community. And we started out there. My father had uh, 10 of his bricklayers he came over with. These guys were artists in the brick world. And that's kind of how I got my feet into the construction world. Because as a kid, I used to go to the jobs. I used to go from high school. He, you know, they made you work or don't come home and you might not get dinner. <laughs> you went and you worked and you uh, had to load the scaffolds for the bricklayers. And then I, you know, through high school, then we graduated high school and you watch all that go on. And I worked with him. And then you get to a point where I decided that, okay, this, you can't do this your whole life. So I went and I got an education and then, you know, got deeper into the construction business. So even, even back as a kid with the, in the music world, and, you know, that's secondary to this right now is, you know, we're playing in all these places in Manhattan, you kind of got noticed then you got to play a little more. I got to tell you, that's, that's the most fascinating, you know, our careers in construction, the evolution of them, people don't really realize it. I, I've been doing this now. I've, I've CDO group. Uh, this will be almost 25 years coming up. Right. I've got uh, the other brands I've been with, other companies. You know, it, it, there's always ebbs and tides to this business. You know, you're, when your father first gets here, and he's got these great guys that uh, uh, that bring a great trade. Finding those guys today is really difficult, right? I mean, where, where are you finding 
the tradesmen with, with the, not just the tradesmen, but tradesmen with the real skills. Well, there it takes a good search to find them. And an example of it is, is that, you know, your basic block work, brick work is a little bit more detailed, depending on how, you know, the design is. But we started out in all this beautiful limestone and ashlar padding is being installed because of, our, because of my bricklaying history and the construction management, of course, and our credibility and accountability. You can't leave that out. This is the finest limestone mason we work going out there. So how do we find them? So we, I hired a company that I had to hand select because a lot of you know mason companies that claimed they were capable of doing this. And you know, part of the construction industry, as you know, you got to pre-qualify people. You got to make sure that they could deliver the product that they say they're going to a and make you feel comfortable. So it was a big vetting out system. And even to today, we're still trying to find the craftsmen to put this ashlar pattern in. And, you know, I put it in the hands of this great masonry company that we're working with. And they're really doing a great job. But it's 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 hard to find. You, you know, um, with labor being so tough, difficult to find, and we're constantly evolving. You know, uh, last week I had on the podcast a mason that... Uh, a, mason, a company that's producing a masonry robot uh, that can lay a thousand brick a day, right? There, there's you know the 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 uh, old school you know and, and look that works great in new construction, right? When you've got flat surfaces, the ability to go in there and you know this 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 robot's knocking down a thousand a thousand bricks a day, you know unheard of. Now, um, you know as you go back and look at the existing book inventory that's out there. How does that play in? How, you know, how are you evolving as you're always under this competition between labor, uh, cost, uh, project investment? How are you managing all that uh, for as long as you've been doing this? So it comes down uh, back to qualifying these gentlemen and making sure that the productivity is there and their quality is there and managing them becomes you know i am physically on that job myself every couple of days because i have a passion for this bricklaying work of course amongst every other you know all the other trades but just to manage them it's you got to put your eyes on it because you get to a point you know growing up this way i could see the fingerprint on each mason so you could have a line of 11 masons yeah. I can, once they leave, I can see the difference between who is where. And you can notice, you know, minute differences. But there are times I will find something that makes me uncomfortable. And I will ask them if they could kindly remove it. And they do it. <laughs> they could kindly remove it. No, and that's the, that's the part, you know, knowing that those little nuances, just being able to look at a line of work that a mason does and knows, and I know, you know, which one is doing what by the way the work happens. That's a whole different eye than uh, than a lot of people have, you know, in the, in the, in the regular world. Yeah, I, you could you could if you look at you have that, you know, feel for it. You could look at I could look at buildings and see this guy started and stopped there and the next guy started and stopped. Right. But if you stand back, you look at the whole picture, kind of everything blends. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how it tells a story. I uh, I'm always amazed by, you know, that's a difference between having knowledge about something. You know, I was with a, a guy uh, uh, in Africa uh, and uh, he, was, he was saying, 
you know, this guy knew, knew his cows. You know, when I look at it, I look at cows, right? When he looks at it, he looks at uh, cow A they, he, that, that, you know, at birth got stuck or cow B. He knows the individual cows by name, by right. style, the type of cow, how much it produces, uh, what, it, what it will fetch him in the market at the end. You know, he knows his cows uh, uh, intimately, how much they eat, uh, which ones are restless and which ones are not, which ones make noise all night. Uh, to really get to know uh, the, you know, those little parts and pieces of, of your business to nth detail. You know, Ray, Ray, you're, you've been doing this for how long now? My entire life. But when, so when I went and I wanted to start out, being that I was just in the masonry business with my father, I decided I'm going to go get a job with a big qualified company and learn how they really manage a company. So I hooked up with a company that did about 400 million a year of municipal work. I started out as a superintendent, but you know, the two ingredients, the desire to succeed and the self-motivation, you can't be successful if you're missing one of those two. So the other part is you got to stand out. I learned that from my old grandfather politician. So I worked through this company and luckily in a matter of five years, the owner of the company said, you want to start learning how to run my company. And I said, you want to teach me? He says, yeah. I said, I'll take it. He sat me in his office. And that's how I got to learn how to run all that. So I worked with them about 15 years until they decided that they were going to start slowing down. They were going to shut their business down. They were older fellas. And I'm in business now myself. This will be our 24th year. That, that part about uh, having a passion for what we do, right? Look, I, loving. I, I love this. I love the construction. I love, I love learning about it. I loved uh, the, for the first day I was on a job site, the smell, the look, the, 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 the outcome of it. You know, I always had this passion for it. And uh, as I look across my kids, some do and some don't. You know, one of my sons loves the business, lo- loves it. He, can, he loves, he's on a job site right now out in Colorado, just loving, you know, being out there. He's, you know, working all day, all night. He's young, he's 28. Uh, they're doing all night remodels. He's, you know, he, he reminds me when I was young, he just, he knows every sub, he knows every guy on the job site. He's uh, picked up and, and, really getting into the, the nitty gritty of it. And I think that's what it takes in order to be successful for someone to stand out in this business. It can't be something you do at an arm's length. You've got to be able to get in it and know the business really, really well, but you're always competing. So as you've evolved over the 24 years, talk to me about some of that. How is, how does that land for you? How do you stay on the edge? How do you, how do you stay relevant? I'm glad you asked, you asked that question because now in the competitive bidding world, as you know, you have, a lot of people that throw numbers out there and they're not qualified like you are, but of course, owners see these numbers. So if you're in that category in the bottom three, so there have been times that we were the third highest, but because of our meeting and our presentation, we got awarded the project. So in the public world, you can't do that. You're the lowest qualified bidder. That's the guy that gets awarded the job. That's the guy that has the bond. But in the private world, if you could get a meeting with the owner and you can, you know, you have something behind you of substantial accountability, then they start seeing it and then they, you, you gain a little bit more of an upper hand. Well, I, I think that's always the hard part, right? I, from where we sit and there's plenty of work to bid on, right? You, you could literally, uh, you know, coming in our office, people ask us to bid on so much stuff. I, I think we spend more time saying no to stuff than yes to stuff because 
one, if I don't have that relationship, right? I, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to go uh, work on a, on a product, on a program, or if I don't know the brand or no, no, we've got some relationship with them to be one of eight bidders on a project and not have a relationship is different. If I'm one of eight bidders and I've got the relationship, I'll do it. Right. I, I, I don't mind being on there, but I got to know that I've got some relationship with the brand. Uh, we've worked together. They like our work. Uh, I don't mind them keeping our pencil sharp. I don't mind that because you know our team will, will earn that. But not to know them, not to get out there. I feel like a lot of times uh, that's time wasted, right? Yeah, and and you know, as you know, being in the business, that it's just not putting up buildings. That you have processing departments, you have submittal departments, you have estimating departments. I have a department that just handles insurances. Right. I have contract departments and legal departments and that running the business is is a lot different than construction just building the building no for, for sure it's and all of those here the insurance department has become one of my pet peeves lately right i mean we go through these audits every year they're getting tighter than ever before and those things aren't managed completely to the nines where it's costing us money it's costing the brand money it's costing us a uh, real detail it could be just some simple little stuff that we miss on something and it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, across the platform. And I, I, I look at it and go, wow, uh, let's make sure that uh, our, our, our folks are staying on top of that. Or now we're going to put a, a better process in place to make sure that it, that happens. Before we even allow a subcontractor to get involved in our bidding system, they got to produce their insurance certificates and their whole policy. So I have a vetter that works for us, that looks through because there's a lot of hidden ingredients in those policies that you have a guy that's doing electrical work, but yet he's not allowed to stand on an A-frame ladder. All right, right, right. So, so that right. transforms him yeah. into platform ladders, right? Be that we're all across the country and the number of projects that we bid, we don't usually get into that uh, vetting their insurance until we get them up on if they've been with us before, that's helpful. Uh, if we've been in that market, we, we, we like to reuse subs over and over again. But it's in the ones where you know it's a new market for us. We got it out there. Our team has to act quickly because you know we, we've got to get their insurance certificate. We won the bid. Now we've got to get their insurance certificate. Go through that process. Look through the little nuances of their insurance, making sure that there's not some 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 I not crossed or, or dotted or some T not crossed somewhere, and uh, making sure that. Because uh, if not, now we got to go to, go to player two. You know that could that could be that could be really costly for us as a group if one of our bid one of our subs that we want to bid with didn't uh, qualify on the insurance side. Yeah, that makes the difference because if bidder two, he could have a big spread. You're exactly right without understanding that his insurance has worked for you. So yeah. we're finding also now that because. You know, technology is playing a big role in what we do as well. Things now, look at our meeting and our discussion we're having now. And along with some of these programs that keep all these submittals and everything up to speed and people's durations, people get held accountable for not returning documents in time. We're finding out that we also have this other side that we're getting a lot of attention from others to actually consult and guide them through because we have so much history and we've had, and listen, how do you learn the best? By some mistakes you made in the past. Right? That's, that's, that's right. That's, that's the only, that's the only way I, I, 
maybe you get a shot if you work with somebody who mentors you that can take you on. But right. I, I would say more times than not, it's uh, you go through the school of hard knocks and that process is how we learn. Yeah. And it, you know what? There are some times it's a difficult to get out of. And when you do, you really learn from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sorry. So, so Ray, you know, as, as we go through uh, your business and your, you and the business, I, I got to talk a little bit more about your music. Come on. You're, you're, I'm not going to go through this whole thing and not talk about what you got going on. I love what you're doing. I love the record label. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, that was the other thing. We started when we were young. Then I had to raise a family. I got into this construction world, which is probably the best turn I made. And now that things are all going smooth in the construction world, I have my daughter who's running the business for me. I have my son who's a high profile construction litigation attorney who works with her. I start to get a little, I got a little bit freer and I went back into this music world and it worked out. And I was mentioning about a month, month and a half ago, we released an album and it's really starting to move with some good attention and some great reviews. And we'll put the link to that. We'll put a link to that album down, down below so people can get a copy of that. It's great. I, I got to listen to it. I was in Africa and, he, okay. and the guys I was with were like, where'd you get that? I'm like, right. It brought me right back to my uh, growing up and you've got a great sound. It's yeah. got a great kind of a uh, uh, great vibe to it. Uh, who were your inspirations? Back then, you know, it started out with the real old guys. Like, you know, there's a three Kings is BB King. There's Freddie King, there's Johnny King. Those are the real blues guys that started all out in that whole New Orleans feel. And then you have the greats with Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix, and then all the Motown stuff. So we call our music, it's like a music stew. We have a mix of all that in there that gives us our originality. Because that was one of the questions that on one of the interviews, you know, a couple of the radio stations is, what kind of genre are you? And I said, that's a really tough question. So I, when I got done explaining all the different flavors we have, and I said, you know what? I'm going to start a new genre. I'm not going to call it stew. So we have a mixture of everything up to now. Music stew. I like it. You know, it's got that uh, rock and roll stew. It's got a, it, it definitely has that feel to it. Um, I can feel a little bit of, of you're, you're right. I can, I can pick up in, in all of that. You, you feel the flavors that, uh, uh, really contribute to uh, to me there. So t- t- let's go back uh, go back on the other side and talk a little bit about uh, getting your kids involved with running the company. So your daughter runs the company, and how has that evolution gone for you? How you know going from running the company yourself to stepping back? Uh, talk to me about how your how, how that experience was for you, and I, I'll give you some of my input on mine. But give me a little bit about yours. How, how did how did that go as you started to step back a little bit and let her take the reins? And, uh, and your son take the reins uh, with, the, with the company. Yeah, so about eight years ago. So my daughter graduated Quinnipiac University with an accounting degree. So about eight years ago, one of the girls, you know, had moved on. And I asked her, can you come and help me out for a couple of weeks until I got a replacement? So that's eight years ago. So as the time goes on, she had a, she had a passion for it. I taught her the whole from beginning to understanding blueprint reading, to running uh, all the financials and things like that. So she really took a grasp on it. And over the last couple of years has made it that she now is on top of me. She's the one that's following up my way. And my son, 
who, uh, you know, he worked in the business with us as a kid. You know, we had some jobs when he was off in the summertime, stuck him in the middle of buildings to dig some elevator pitch, you know, just like the old timers, make him work hard. And then he, and, and then he, and then he decided that he wanted to become an attorney. And then he started aiming in the construction direction. And there's a lot of stuff in that construction litigation world that he deals with. And so he works with uh, his sister. And that's a good little force to have an accountant and an attorney, yeah. right? Who's yeah. got it better, right? I would say those are two main, uh, you know, main parts of the company. It's making sure that you know, you're financially protected and then you're uh, uh, paper protected. You know, the, uh, my wife being a, a construction attorney has, you know, she ran her own, she has her own firm and, and uh, she worked for a bunch of the judges here in town. And uh, it just really changed the, uh, our, our, our ability to uh, stay out of litigation uh, yeah. you know, I, I've often I've often got to learn by others' mistakes and watching some of the some of the um, cases that she'll take on and just watch people be stubborn, a little storta about the uh, you know solving a problem. And like, look, it, everybody's got to give. Everybody messed up here. Everybody's got to give a little bit. Sometimes my ego wants to jump in and like, and, and she'll remind you, look, it, it doesn't pay right. for us to to go drag this out and uh, you know, knock on wood. In uh, 24 years, we've only had a couple of them that uh, ever went uh, into, into some real area scenarios. Uh, some subs that went bad, or some subs that we've had issues with. You know, people that we hunted yeah. down, or a couple of clients that are here and there. But uh, uh, you know, staying out of of that. And I think the other side is we also work really hard on the safety side. Uh, you know, for the last five years, our safety record has been, uh, you know, the best it's ever been. And uh, I think a lot of it, you know, that has to do with keeping us out of the other side of litigation and cost uh, exposures. Yeah, and it's now also with the computers and the technology, document control. And when people document, you know, a lot of SEDs go on. The SED word around my construction company really doesn't work well. If you get a SED, make sure you back it up in writing and confirm your conversation because sometimes people's memories don't work very well. And then, uh, and then on the other hand, like I said, that safety is a big issue. We have, I have an ex-OSHA, commissioner that now he's a consultant and I have him ambush my jobs every week and go around and the people that work for me, they pay consequences. If I get one of these tickets from him, they're going to pay consequences like they would the Woodward OSHA. So they don't expose me in the event I do get an OSHA visit. Oh, so you have to it just, not just that it's become gravity for the business. You know, uh, it used to be just, just, just our protection from OSHA. But also now it's just about fundamentals of running a business in a way that says, hey, look, we, we're, uh, I, I always say that when people come on our job sites and see that we run a safe job site, they also see, see that we run a clean job site. They also see that we run an organized job site. And it's kind of like the, the three legs of a, of a good solid uh, work, work base down there. It's, all right, look, it's, it's uh, schedule's right. The job site's clean. It's safe. Uh, people ultimately walk in and walk out much happier. And then our relationship with them and the people that run their companies uh, are much happier the same way. So I, I know you got a couple of cool projects that you're doing, one in Manhattan. I know you had a hospital you were working on. Uh, talk a little bit about some yeah. of the fun projects you're doing. Yeah. So um, we do some, an apartment building on uh, 51st street. We're finishing up the storage facility, a nine story over on 92nd street. We have this big, beautiful chapel. We have, one hasn't been designed like this in 
probably 50, 60 years. It's going to wow. be, it's, it's, it's beautiful. We got a couple of big residentials. You know, we'd have to do large residential between 150 to 250 units. So if, you know, if it's that kind of a residential, I get involved. We just don't do the individual, you know, five, 10 unit type of stuff. And then we do a lot of the DeVita dialysis centers, a lot of stuff that goes inside those fit outs. And, and like, it's, it's like knowing your, where you do well, you know, uh, like I said, people come to us all the time. Hey, we do this. We've been on that. But I'm like, look, it, it, we don't do that well, right? If, if we, if that's something we can't do well, or uh, a market that's tough to, for us to work in, you know, unless I have a really great relationship with a client, uh, and they're 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 kind of wanting me to go there, want us to, to go there. Uh, I think our, our MO is always, you know, to, to spend more time. It's we don't lose money on projects we don't take, right? And uh, right. Uh, that's that's always been the key is kind of mitigating any of that risk. Ray, I am uh, I, I love having you on. I love our conversations with 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 uh, with this. As you see the future, if you were uh, if you saw a young man coming into the business, or a young lady coming to business today, what uh, what's your advice for him? Have that ability to create your accountability. Your accountability is everything. If you say something, do it. And if you can't, that's okay. Communicate with the person and make sure you explain why and how you're going to make up for it. That's first. The second one is that you, as you know, you have to be true to everything you do. If you're not true to it, then maybe it's not for you. It's not, sometimes things will get tough. Sometimes you feel the agony of defeat, get back up and kick it even harder. Nice. Well, I, Ray, I'm grateful for, uh, as, as always, having our conversations. I love it. And I look forward to having you on the show some more. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best place for them to get a hold of you? So we have a, a website. It's uh, the zenithgroupny.com. And then also my personal email, I have no problem giving it out. It's Raymond C at zenithgroupny.com. I'm open for everything. Well, Ray, Raymond Castanova, I'm grateful for the, uh, for the podcast. Look forward to having you on again. And uh, thanks again. No, thank you for having me. I enjoy it. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.